Everybody's working. With that time, yours. If we've said it once, we've said it at least four times this year. Only weird games. We might have said it 20 times over the course of the history of this show now, but the Sunday night to Monday night to sun from Sunday afternoon to Monday night to COVID maybe happening, suspended, postponed, canceled. Nope, it's happening. Uh, everything <laughs> leading up to Chiefs Patriots was an absolute, an absolute cluster, I would say. And they end up making the game happen on Monday night. The Chiefs win in you really need a, a no question blowout, twenty six to ten. I didn't watch, but I guess the Chiefs' offense probably crushed it and. Uh, Cam Newton clearly couldn't get the offense going. That's what I imagine happened from this game I didn't see. Hey, um, <laughs> you know, if it was if it was blacked out in your market there, uh, Josh, because it was a postponement uh, game played on a, on a Monday night. Hey, did you know the Chiefs are just the fourth team in NFL history to have back-to-back Monday night football games, but not with the same broadcasting partner? Anyway, um, yeah, as, as my guy, as our guy, uh, Rich fan said to me on Twitter at halftime last night, only period, weird period, <laughs> games period, to which I put it on caps, only period, weird period, games period, vote period. <laughs> I was I was on the ground for 30 seconds after I saw that tweet. <laughs> yeah. now, now you can say, what's Nate doing here? <laughs> Clearly I'm just, you know, promoting what the chiefs are promoting yep. which is t-shirts that say vote passion and only weird and only weird games that's all i'm doing it's just <sighs> their voter registration program I, I i'm not you thought this was about somebody else Mm-mm. in a different city no no anyway no 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 um the the idea that a team got again and i kind of said this last week but a team woke up at six to get on a bus to get on two different planes, mm-hmm. to fly to Kansas City, to get on two more different buses, to go to the stadium, to get waxed. And everybody kind of knew the outcome before kickoff, right? It's just yeah. like, I mean, look, people are human. It's weird. And the Chiefs' offense was like, you know, hibernating for like 25 minutes. And the defense um, understands that they're in a spotlight for like the second game in a row and I've played pretty well, all things considered. Um, this is the second half the season, Josh <laughs> half the season is, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that, that ain't their quarterback. That that's half the season. Half, half the, the season. season is literally them say, that's not their quarterback. That, that, that's not who I prepared for. <laughs> um, and you see the upside of it with Justin Herbert and you see the downside of it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Hoyer, who, no disrespect, uh, that dude is better at throwing the football than a large percentage of the country. It's just, hey, man, he hadn't played football yet. And the clock in his head was malfunctioning. Because it was, he had a miscalibrated sundial. That You're just saying the clock in his head is really kind. Because he had some, like rookie Josh Allen moments where he's just like, young man, throw the ball. <laughs> Except for he's 90 years old and has been in the oh, league for three decades. Like, uh, what? I, uh, anyway. At least Jared Stidham had, like, a couple of moments. He had a couple of moments with the Chiefs way, but, like, he was trying. Brian Hoyer was just, he just took the snap and stood there until somebody showed up. Anyway. 
yeah. that's that's Nate Taylor, which you probably know. I'm Joshua Briscoe, which you may know. No Seth Kaiser today. And Nate, I actually, I don't know uh, if you saw, it was right before we started. Um, Seth actually sent a voice memo kind of explaining where he was at, and I told him I'd play it. Oh. Um, just to to kind of let him get his few cents in. Um, so I'm just going to hit, if, you got, if you're just good with us doing it kind of here at the top of the show, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hit it real quick here, just one second. Uh, okay. Hey, it's it's Seth, don't you know? And I'm up here in the Great White North in Minnesota, and I'm just <coughs> feeling a little under the weather, and I'm not going to be able to be on Times Ours today. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the Chiefs running game hasn't been brought up on this podcast in, I think, five consecutive shows. Anyway, uh, establish the run. Only running backs matter. The Chiefs defense is pretty good, and I can't remember who plays quarterback for this team. I'll be back as soon as I'm feeling better. <laughs> Brett Veach forever, only run the ball, Seth Kaiser from Minnesota. I mean, wow, what a crazy message from Seth. That's. I, I hope, hope he's feeling better. Yeah, I hope he feels better because, I, I mean, I, do we he need to reach sound out to right. Jazz? Yeah, we, I, I don't, this is not the Seth I'm aware of, but, yeah, you know, sickness was... does make people do weird <laughs> decisions. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna say that, you know, um, we would advise Seth that wherever he is, stay there. Yeah, no need to move. No, no, no need no. to get in the car. No need to go anywhere. Just, nope. just stay and get healthy. Yeah. But hey, Rest as up. I mentioned before, you know, uh, a certain sickness can make a certain individual do certain things. Is that the equivalent? Do you, th- you think that you think that he was on some uh, some rendezvous and sent that message? Is that what you're saying? I've learned a lot of funny-sounding uh, yeah. drug names recently. Over I think that's the, one over of them. the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Do we do we need to be the the guys in the white coat in front of the microphone and saying, "Hey, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 Seth, hey, hey"? Seth is he's never felt better. He's never. just he just hates throwing the football now. And oh, I got another one. It's situational. It's about, so here's the thing. It's me, Seth, again. Talking into a walkie-talkie, maybe? I haven't fully thought this out. All that matters is situational football. No aggregate stats because they're all bad. I mean, I'm the, feeling the fine. I, uh, Seth Kaiser signing up. Not permanently, yeah. of course, just for now. <laughs> the idea that this man didn't bring up EPA once, I... I I, I, I don't even need, know him anymore. I just, yeah. I mean, people change. It happens. Yeah, it really does. Uh, well, so with that being said, uh, no Seth, but both of us are here. And maybe Seth will send <laughs> another voice memo at some point. I don't know. It's really not like him. Uh, but the, the thing that you wrote about up in The Athletic right now is is not the Chiefs offense. It's it's not anything that they did while moving the ball. The story is about the defense, and you know you mentioned last week like defense was a huge part of the conversation because they took a very good offense and really just made it look like it, it looked. I've used this word now a couple times to describe the Patriots or the, the, the Chiefs' offense, Chiefs' defense. Excuse me, good God, uh, the Chiefs' defense versus the, the Ravens' offense. It's unpleasant, but like the Ravens' offense looked constipated against the Chiefs. Like it was just it was not moving yep. as it usually did. With the Patriots, I'll, I'll tell you kind of a place where I at least feel like I need to hedge a little bit. It was against Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. Like, this this game looks different with Cam Newton at quarterback, but with all that being oh, said, I, you, you came away impressed by the, the Chiefs' defense, I know, and, and rightfully so, even noting the, the opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, and you have to be aware that we're four games into the season. 
it is going to be an unusual year, of course. Um, just getting on the field is a plus. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. just getting through 60 minutes of football relatively healthy is a huge bonus. Um, Mike Dana was the only guy on the team that had a real injury last night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with the, with the hamstring strain. Uh, so we'll see where he goes. So those are the first two things. You play who's in front of you. Like, the Chiefs don't decide, hey, I want Brian Hoyer. Like, right, right. They, they don't want that. You're right. Um, they really don't. Uh, and Frank Clark sort of mentioned the idea that, like, hey, we were really looking forward to playing Cam Newton because he's playing really well. Um, we spent a whole week not looking at Brian Hoyer film. Why mm-hmm. would we? Mm-hmm. Um, because of the unusual circumstances, the way I sort of calculated and estimated it based on when the game was postponed and when kickoff occurred, they had about 27 hours for Steve Spagnuolo and his defensive staff to basically come up with their new game plan, knowing fully well that Kim Newton was not getting on the plane to arrive for Arrowhead's game. So, yes, it's a lesser player, but Bill Belichick is still a really, really good coach. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels. He no dummy. Like, mm-hmm. the Patriots didn't lose last night because of the coaching. No, I, no, I, no. I want to be very clear about that. They, yeah. they they had a game plan. They stayed true to it. Shout out to you, John Harbaugh. Because mm-hmm. what the Chiefs did the week before was literally take away the best player on offense for the Baltimore Ravens. Who, by the way, are a better team than the New England mm-hmm. Patriots. By the way, on the road. By the way, mm-hmm. with an understanding that, hey, uh, if we don't show up, they going to embarrass us. So, mm-hmm. you take all that goodness from a week ago. And for any fan who may complain that, like, hey, maybe they weren't up for this game. Maybe they didn't play as well as they should have. Hey, maybe I would have I loved for them to only give up three points or six points instead of ten. I looked this up last night and was shocked, Josh, mm-hmm. to realize that, they are second in the league in points allowed, okay? Yeah. They're not... They, they've given up 20, 20, 20, 10. In a NFL, that is exploding with points everywhere, okay? The, Brown, like the a, Browns scored 49 points, and Baker Mayfield threw for, like, seven yards this weekend. Yes. Like, that's just a thing that happened, yeah. Right. And look, the Cowboys he, aren't he very good. They threw for 165, by the way. Holy God. <laughs> anyway. I, I mean, it, it's... It, like... They held Lamar Jackson to 97 yards passing. Yeah. And then they made Brian Hoyer look like Brian Hoyer. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't they they didn't play down to their opponent. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, like, uh, we can get to the offense, and that claim is very much true in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Chiefs offense is very um, emotional, is the way I'll say it. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but the defense has done exactly what it's supposed to do. Like, hey, there's yeah. Brian Hoyer. All right, 10 points or less. Yep, they did it. Hey, the ball like Tyron Matthew was really good at being like, "Hey, we just caught the balls that they threw to us." <laughs> it's yeah, just like that Julian Edelman one. He literally, it was like it was volleyball. It was like bump, <laughs> right. set here, Tyron, take it, and he did. Yeah. So on defense in the NFL, the fewer times you make a mistake, the offense is going to give you opportunities. It's just a matter of whether you take advantage of them or not. The Chiefs have pretty much done everything they can through four games on defense to do that with the understanding that they missed a billion tackles against the Chargers. And then, hey, maybe if they would have done better in that game, they would have held the Chargers to less than 20 points. So, um, 
Again, weird season, but this defense needs to be praised. We're a quarter through the year, and they're better than anybody could have ever expected, considering the fact, and I know you're going to mention this too, Josh, um, who's playing secondary today? Because that's what the season feels yep. like. Hey, who in the who yep. in the back end today, other than Tyron yep. Matthew and Juan Thornhill? It's just a it's a it's a smorgasbord, and they're cooking up a delicious meal right now. <laughs> and so here's here's the thing that I want to make sure I absolutely don't sound like I'm doing. Everything everything you just said is true, and you know I they're they're cooking up a, a delicious smorgasbord right now. Wonderful word that we don't use nearly enough in our day day to day lives. But like if this was an episode of Chopped, you know they were going up against like they're playing in Kids Chopped yesterday. That was their <laughs> opponent. Like that's a talented kid. That kid yeah, chef is better yeah. than I am. Yeah, he's like, made it. He he's made it as far as he can get, which absolutely. is you know a, a very respectable level. An incredibly good chef for, you know, that's not Cam Newton cooking things up. So uh, the opponent matters, I think, and and how we evaluate what this defense is as a whole and, and, and going forward, which is also why it matters absolutely, like equally, if not more, what they did against Lamar Jackson last week. Because you want to talk about the opponent mattering. They, like you said, 2020, 2010 with a, 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 a offense that has Deshaun Watson and then uh, Bill O'Brien... You're too pure for this world. We'll talk about you later. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you still have Deshaun Watson, and then you have, uh, you know, the 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 game of, wait a second, who are we playing? Justin Herbert, who has looked pretty good from that point on. Like, he's had a nice start. Did you then see you, what he did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for three yeah. and a half quarters? Yeah, he was And he that was defense, just, and you could say that defense is just as good as the Chiefs defense. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. He's played against some good defenses and looked good. Uh, he played well, and then you get, I think what like everyone would have probably argued was like the, at least the second best offense in the AFC, no question, coming into that game, and they do it against Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. So all of that, like I, I really don't want to say like this doesn't count because it's against Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. Like you said, like Matthew said, they had opportunities and and actually maximized them, like directly turned them into points. Um, they also did do it against quarterbacks that, like we said. We're not Cam Newton. My question for you, though, is is now with the four-game sample size and then this obviously being the, the most recent one, what are you willing to, to project sort of from this point forward? Also, to your point, acknowledging that they have, they have been out at least one and really in every game except for the first one without two cornerbacks. Every single game, because they've been out for Bashad Breeland for all four of them. Yep. Uh, Ward gets hurt in week two. Sneed gets hurt in week three. They they have been banged up. And last night, like, Rashad Fenton looked like a pro bowler for pretty much 60 minutes, minus like a play or two. I mean, just, it's it's a great point. Um, I'll be straight up. When the Chiefs drafted Rashad Fenton, I said, great special teams player. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like, redeemable, going to be solid. Um, could be a you know a four phase guy for Dave Toe, and the occasional spot up guy mm-hmm. uh, when you absolutely need him. Man, I did not see him playing one well in the playoffs last year. Two, mm-hmm. um, winning a Super Bowl in his hometown of Miami, and then three, um, understanding one the situation that was going to be in front of him. Hey, Bashad's not going to be here for the first four weeks. Um, I get to train and really work on my craft against Tyreek Hill every day in training camp, mm-hmm. I can only get better from here. And mm-hmm. 
the dude balled out last night. I know he gave up a touchdown, but that was a really good throw from Jared Stidham with yeah. pretty good coverage from Rashad Fenton. Yep. As Tony Romo said, he's thinking because of Nikhil Harry's size, maybe they're going to throw a back shoulder pass. Oh, no, it's behind me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a fade route. And he, oh, he threw the ball in like the one spot in the corner of the end zone that it had to be uh, for Nikhil Harry's touchdown. So, look. Um, Obviously, quarterback's going to give up touchdowns, but, like, he played so well. He baited Jared Stidham where he knew he had yeah. safety help over the top and was like, no, 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 I got it. Yeah. And caught the and interception. He, he made that. That was – we don't talk about, like, closing speed on sort of yes. – It was a, a very short burst, but he he just showed up. Like, I didn't blame Jared Stidham for throwing that ball because he his receiver, I thought, was going with him. And, and Fenton just walked in between it. It was great. It was a great play. It was a, it was a great play. So, um – what this goes down to, and I, I, you try to ask questions to the guys on the team so you can get the most information possible or mm-hmm. something that is not truly known to you or you're sort of confirming, is this reality or is this somewhat different from their perspective? Um, and we've talked about this before, Josh, along with Seth, before the season even started with training camp about how one of the, the undertones of this entire season was going to be the coaching staff never changed. And Mm -hmm. Tyron Matthews saying, no, we have legitimately great coaches Mm -hmm. is why, you know, Legereus Need can be arguably the best cornerback in the league for two weeks, even though he was a fourth round pick before getting hurt. It's the reason that Rashad Fitton can just slide right in where naturally I think it's understandable for people to be like, oh, he's a he's a slot corner because that's all I've really seen from him. To now right. be put on the outside, and he's mugging Nikhil Harry, even though he's taller and stronger than him. Um, and Nate, he didn't even start week one. He didn't even right. He was, like he was their fifth corner in their own minds. I can say confidently because Breland was out. Uh, Ward yep. is one. Fenton yep. started, or excuse me, uh, 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 Sneed started over him. Antonio Hamilton started Hamilton. in the slot yep. in week one. Like yep. Fenton was their fifth corner. It 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 just. It's impressive. They know the matchups. They feel confident in what their guys can do. They only ask them to really do those things mostly. And I I know that this person has understood the entire landscape of the league. Probably better than I have because, like, it's kind of his job. I'm only focused solely on the Chiefs. But, like, Dan Orlovsky made a very good point that will essentially show up in my article today (laughs) on The Athletic. But... Not only do they have really good coaches, most notably Sam Madison and Dave Merritt for the secondary players, along with obviously Steve Spagnola running the whole system, but it's unquestioned now through four games. They have the best duo of, of safeties in the league. And, yeah. and Dan Orlovsky sort of said that last night where he's like, hold up. <laughs> You're telling me Juan Thornhill tore his ACL in January, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he's playing really well. And then you know what you're going to get from Tyron Matthew. Um, so, what? Like, yeah, it's just one of those things that you don't think about a ton because, obviously, it's a little bit more exciting, a little more sexy for Chris Jones and Frank Clark to just maul people. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill have one of the best deep connections in the history of the sport. Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is spinning and making dudes miss in the open field. Obviously, the play calling from Andy Reid is just, like, out of this world in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of love for Eric Bieniemy. Hell, even Mike Kafka's calling plays, guys, and they're getting right. into the end zone. But like, 
you think about all of that, and it's like, oh yeah, the Chiefs have the best second, have the best secondary in the league right now because they have the best safeties in the league. And Rashad Fitton, the fifth guy that Josh mentioned, oh he can have a career night too, just because why not? Because yeah. we coach him up for that, and it's just it, it's wildly impressive. And I just fan, I think fans should really understand if you're Ben Neiman, Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, mm-hmm. and even Willie Gay Jr. who made his first start. Mm-hmm. In the NFL last night, you have the easiest job. Yeah. Just go tackle somebody. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Like, you don't have to blitz. Like, it's fun when Sadie Spagnuolo lets you blitz. But, like, hey, Anthony Hitchens, ball carrier, you tackle him next Make it time. happen. Yeah. Because Frank Clark is going to be harassing the quarterback. Chris Jones, when healthy, is going right. to destroy the interior. Hell, did not play like, in this game for the record, in case anybody right, missed it. Chris right, Jones did, did not play. He was didn't inactive. Play, and they only yep. gave up ten points. Um, yep. when you know the Patriots were going to run the football, but hey, you got Mike Pinnell back, who was like a consistent guy on first and second down, who's going to make life miserable for an interior offensive lineman trying mm-hmm. to get push up the middle. Um, obviously, we just mentioned everybody in the secondary playing their, you know, you know what's off. Like, if you're just Ben Neiman, hey, there's the football. Let me go get it and pick up this fumble recovery. Hey, if I'm Anthony Hitchens, all I do is just don't miss a tackle. Just get everybody lined up right. Tell everybody to play call. Don't miss a tackle. It is literally the easiest job of any linebackers in the league right now because the front four is playing really, really well. And the secondary, to Dan Orlowski's point, is like, they may have the best safeties in the league, which makes everything so much easier for a linebacker. And even then, like they they've also been playing a lot of safeties in general. Like well, obviously Matthew and, and Thornhill. By the way, I don't. I we hadn't talked about this a lot, but like it was just good to see Thornhill have a couple nice plays because I was still kind of at that point of like just he's just fresh off of an ACL tear, and so I'm always. I don't know. Yep. I'm a little. I'm a. I've been a little nervous and just kind of hoping that he ends up looking full speed and everything. He looked great. That's great. It's just because, like you said, it was in January. Just make It makes me nervous. I know that they're not going to put him out there if they don't think he's ready, but I'm not telling you it's rational. I'm telling you it made me nervous. But I'm very glad to see him playing as well as he has been. But even as they have, like, lost all of these numbers at corner, which they've been—they they threw numbers at the cornerback position coming into the year. Like, we're just going to add up all these dudes that cost us a grand total of 74 cents and, like, some late-round draft picks, <laughs> and we're, it's just going to work. Like, Bo Pete Keys is the only corner who hasn't been on the field yet, and they right. traded up for him in the seventh. So, I don't know. I mean, like, we'll see what he ends up doing. But— with with all of those numbers being thrown there, those numbers have been tested and it's worked. But now you see like Dan Sorensen still gets a ton of snaps. Tedrick Thompson keeps showing up here and there. Like they really have have added to that safety group to just try to cover up even some of the some of the holes. Whenever you're just like, well, we're running out of defensive backs. Spag seems like he can just say, yeah, no, Dan Sorensen and Tedrick Thompson will be the ones that help us round out this unit, and everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, and. Tedrick Thompson, just play the middle of the field, bring the boom. Yep, hey, Dan Sorensen, <laughs> you're going to be doing tight ends and lineback- or tight ends and running backs until the end of time. And, yep. hey, just don't miss an open field tackle. Hey, I'm going to occasionally reward you with a blitz. Um, Tony Roman was really good last night explaining, like, hey, um, because of the formation, because of the down, because of the look, because you know the Patriots want to run the ball to keep the ball in time of possession. Look, guys. Just keep, just keep tweeting time of possession at 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 Josh. Please, at I love times. it. Yes, yum just, yum just yum. Just trigger, trigger this man. Trigger this man with trigger me. Time of Do possession. It. 
the Patriots were like, we got to run title possession, kids. And they're the best team at doing that in the AFC. Obviously, the 2018 AFC Championship game. That being said, even Dan Sorensen understands all of that and understands that his principle is, oh, I can just I can just come right up and tackle the running back even before he gets a head start. And it's just, yep. I mean, this defense, they know, they know the system now. They're all healthy. Most of them are still in their prime. And Steve Spagnuolo is okay with having tendencies, breaking those tendencies, and he's the best defensive coordinator right now outside of Bill Belichick at adjusting. And that's kind of what I wanted to put in the in the story near the top is that, yeah, you're going to win. <laughs> like, you were going to win before before Cam Newton got COVID, okay? Like, let, let's, be, let's be real. They were going to win before Cam Newton got COVID. Nothing in my mind says they weren't going to win. They were close to double-digit favorites before all of this happened on Saturday morning. Um, they were going to win, but you still have to adjust. You still have to game plan accordingly. You still have to make sure you guys don't make mental mistakes um, when they're playing defense. And they didn't do that. So it's it's just it's a credit to the Chiefs defense. I know it's a 16-point like win, but you can kind of still appreciate what the team is doing given all the unusual circumstances. And look, they're the best at adjusting to them right now or one of the best teams to adjust to them because they're 4-0. And Bill Belichick, between the second quarter and the third quarter, ran 29 plays. Hmm. 29 to the Chiefs, five, and didn't score any points. I mean, that is that is great defensive play. Understanding the situation, bending but not breaking, and when the moment's there to ensure that Brian Hoyer clock ain't working, mm-hmm. you still got to make the play, right? Like, you still... Like, I don't, like, if Brian Hoyer is slightly below wins above replacement average player, you still got to go make the play. You still got to strip sack him if you're Taco Charlton. You still got to beat the right tackle and get there and execute what, you know, you've been taught by Brendan Daly, the defensive line coach who used to be with the New England Patriots. So, like, you still got to make the plays. And, again, we're going to get to a time in January where somebody's going to try to do the same thing. 29 plays to the Chiefs five with over you know with halftime in the middle of it. And the Chiefs defense has shown so far they'll be ready for such a strategy. I think that's a great way of, of sort of framing what the future looks like. Cause I, I've even I mean I mentioned this earlier already in this show, but I've been asking myself this now for a couple of weeks. It's just like, is there anything to all these yards getting the red zone, the Chiefs defense then sort of tightens up and and doesn't typically give up points. We, we hear all the time that, you know, the field gets shorter in the red zone. That that It becomes legitimately more difficult to move the ball whenever the field has a back to it in a way that it doesn't really have from the 50. Yep. The the thing that I think is is going to be the most telling is, is simply just can they keep being that good in the red zone? Can they keep limiting teams from actually scoring those points? But it's not, it's not just a percentage game. It's not just they've gotten lucky in those regards. Because you're right, once you get to those points or nothing situations, it really does come down to like, all right, well, who's going to make the play here? And, you know, when it's Brian Hoyer, you don't really expect him to very often. But when it's Lamar Jackson, you do. And, and time and time again, so far through four games, the Chiefs defense has made plays in those moments. They have. And, I mean, I just... You just have to understand nothing is going to be right this year. <laughs> like, <Right>. nothing's <laughs> going to be <laughs> like nothing's going to be normal. Or we shouldn't normalize how absurd the season may be already yeah. you know, a week or a month into the season. But but I mean, you're right, Josh, in the, in the sense that 
look, they they are a healthy group by and large. They're playing better from week one to week four. And we'll just see how much that trend sort of continues to where, you know, they want to be known as a dominant defense. Um, it's going to be really hard to accomplish that because the Chiefs offense on most days is a death star. Um, right. So I, I just think for everything that the Chiefs defense is trying to do, uh, they've accomplished it so far. And sure, the test will get tougher because Josh Allen is just waiting. Just, oh, that game's gonna be so freaking weird, man. Just, just waiting Thursday to show everybody at how good I am. <laughs> how good, how good is Josh Allen against the league's, you know, against the AFC's best defense right now, based on points allowed? Uh, I mean, just I can we skip to that? I, the Raiders, I what if they're, hey, hey, listen, Vegas, wait. you just play Buffalo. What if we <laughs> offer you? You get a bye week. It's just that we just forfeit two nothing. Chiefs take the dub here. Uh, don't worry about it. Rest up, and we're going to go ahead and skip ahead. We're going to go ahead and move that Thursday Night Buffalo game to Sunday this week. Is that good with everybody? Can we just do that? I would like that, please. There's going to be third down snaps. Critical third down snaps. Mm -hmm. With Josh Allen trying to pass the football with a projection of Frank Clark, Tano (laughs) passing yo, and Chris Jones chasing after this human being. Lord knows what's going to happen. Oh, oh, it's going to be so good. Only the Lord knows. Oh, and even at this point, if I was the Lord, I'd be like, no, 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 don't show me yet. No, 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 no. I'd be covering my, I'd be like one hand over my eyes, like one hand over the TV screen. No, 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 no. No, I'll watch it on Thursday whenever everybody else gets to see it. I want nothing to do with how Josh Allen plays football. I don't want to be given the opportunity to change anything. I'm going to watch this game. I want to be surprised. Because at that point, like. You know, can could God create a rock so big even he couldn't move it? I have no idea. Could God create a quarterback so chaotic that even he can't predict it? Yeah, and his name's Josh Allen. <laughs> now I know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, this might be blasphemous to a lot of Chiefs fans, but th- my last point on the defense, um, and, and Seth or excuse me, Josh kind of alluded to this. Although I know Seth will hear this later and be like, "Oh no, oh." <laughs> There's one thing I learned from Bob Sutton, okay? Oh, boy, okay. <laughs> the year was 2018, kids. It was. And it was my first year covering the Chiefs. And Bob Sutton would say all the time, yards don't matter, guys. They don't mm-hmm. matter. Like, mm-hmm. who gives a bleep about yards? We mm-hmm. talking about yards? Yards. <laughs> he would say, I could give up 1,000 yards if I only give up 17 points. Like, yeah. I'll, like, I'll trade that any day in a week. Have you seen 15? And this is 15 at his most, like, you know, primitive state. Like, his he has Josh like, Allen-y. Yeah, yeah he, has, he hasn't even polished yet. He's not, he not even shiny yet. Um, So, the problem was, Eric Berry had an issue. Mm. Uh, you know, D4 was offsides. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? <laughs> I mean, hey... I don't have love for Steven Nelson. He also got torched in the AFC Championship game. So, I mean, look, sometimes it's the it's the Joes. Sometimes it's the Joes and not the X's and O's. But Bob Sutton is kind of right because you can give up yards. And, by the way, the Patriots, I know we're going to get to the Chiefs' offense. The Patriots' defense was like, yeah, Tyreek Hill can have all the yards he wants. Lord, don't let him in the end zone. <laughs> like, right. Lord, don't let him in the end zone. Like, we're going to bully Travis Kelsey to death. Yep. With the hope that these dudes don't get in the end zone. And for three, almost three quarters, it worked. Yeah. Because some of the best defensive minds, Bill Belichick, 
Steve Spagnuolo, no, hey, we have to use the field to our advantage. We have to clamp down later. And I can give up 500 yards, but if I get four turnovers, if the quarterback doesn't play well, if we influence the wide receivers enough, hey, maybe we only give up 10 points. Maybe we still end up winning. And you can look at all the statistics you want on a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon and be like, oh, the Chiefs only give up so many yards. Mm-hmm. And all of those dudes, even Bob Sutton's like, don't look at the yards. Look at the turnovers. Look at the third down percentage. Look at the red zone defense points allowed. Like, it sucks if you give up a 50-yard touchdown, but the Chiefs ain't going to do that because they got Tyron Matthew and Juan Thornhill in the back end. So yeah, that's, tr- I, that's true. That logic does <clears throat> Bob Sutton is out here like they're doing it. They're just doing it two years before I wanted to do it or two years after I wanted to do it. But, like, who cares about yards if you're only giving up 17.5 points a game? Like, the Chiefs do that all year. They will go undefeated, ladies and gentlemen. I have a thought on that. I thought I heard a cough come in. (laughs) Sorry, Nate, I'm I'm playing another voice memo right now. I got a better quality. I heard the triumphant return of Seth Kaiser. Go ahead. You made, it, you made it just in time. Could you made it just in time for start talking about the offense. Could God? Oh, I'm only in here for like two minutes because I heard someone okay. ask if God could create something like Josh Allen, <laughs> and I am here to defend the deity of God Almighty and say yes, he could. He could build. I'm a- saying yes. You don't have. To, you're not. This is not a debate. I'm saying. I'm saying God has created something so chaotic. Even He Himself could not predict it's, its action. It's a wild, wild thing. I had a few free minutes, and I thought to myself, you know, if I just click this hot little button, I can come in here and say hello to my good buddies. And ruin Danielle's day. And and ruin Danielle's day. And ruin it, Danielle. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> But I had but, to. Love you, girl. I had to. But good luck, good luck layering this I, file I, in. I had to come in here and just let you guys know very, very briefly. I bet you guys have said so many things that are so correct. I just wanted to let you guys know the title of the article I'm currently working on for the Chief in the North newsletter. Yes. The yeah. title, and I haven't started my research yet. Haven't even started it. So I don't know the answer. Did the Chiefs running the ball cost them versus New England? I look into every drive to see whether a common narrative from Monday night is myth or reality. Fellas, I don't know how this is going to end up, but I know Mm-mm. I know. come Thursday or Friday, Josh and I are either going to be best friends or fighting like a cat and a dog, and it's going to be great. And I'm, I'm just jeezy out here rubbing yeah. my hands, y'all. I can hear it. I can hear it. No, listen, Seth. I mean, I think at the very least, you can definitely confirm that first round pick was well spent. The Chiefs' offense is at a higher level than it ever was. If only they drafted a cornerback in the first round, maybe their defense would be good. I don't know. I mean, or or an offensive or an offensive lineman, so it could actually elevate the running game. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I really, I have no idea. Because Lord knows, man. See, this is where you want to talk about light boxes and linebacker fits. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I would think. No, I would I would think no, you're right. Like the times they ran the ball against like a five man box, that they that was a good running situation. You'd think they'd be better at it with all of that uh, that investment and, they made, but I don't know. I mean I'm not I'm not looking at the and film. So yet. what do you well so exactly. You haven't looked. Mm-hmm. So why are you yeah, why no, are you, I, so I don't, let me, I don't, let me I, just ask you what I would ask someone on Twitter. If you haven't looked, uh-huh. why are you talking? 
Because <laughs> this is a podcast. Oh, right. Because this is a, it's because this is a podcast. Because we've got the job. Sort, no, of, uh, the, sort of the thing, the, the rule that so, Nate and I were playing by today, Seth, is that we were going to record a podcast before the All-22 came out, because that's what the podcast <laughs> does. Hey, 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 hey Seth. I, I have a message Uh-oh. for you. Only, period, weird, period, <laughs> games, period. Vote! Only period. weird games. Oh! Only weird games. I just look. The, here's the no, thing. Hey, you I looked across right, the Josh. field yesterday. I don't know. That's the beauty of I it. I also looked at field. I, <laughs> I looked across the field yesterday, and I saw you know Rex Burkhead. And thought, man, he would have been a nice fit in this Chiefs offense. Too bad you can't find guys like that in the sixth round. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of what I was thinking. Uh, looking at some of the running backs, the page. No, my actual argument has always just simply been that he that, that he was not going to move the needle a first round draft pick. I know that. it's, but you don't care about that part of the argument, really. Like you've said that honestly. Like I'm not. That's not me being facetious. Like you don't really care about the cost after the fact, and that's we're never going to have the same conversation well, at the same what time you, because of part of the problem with that terms. is you have to make an assumption <laughs> about what this other first round pick would or wouldn't have done. So if we assume that this player they would have taken in the first round would have been a good player, if we assume that, then we can have a discussion about impact. If we also assume that they can't get that same impact from like, I don't know, a Rashad Fenton or a Legereus Sneed or et cetera, or Kalechi Asameli, right? That sort of thing. Uh-huh. If we make those assumptions, position position group position groups that historically are much harder to replace with a with a, a guy of that caliber than a running back. Yes, well, that's, are they? Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. Why? Yes, that's that that is like statistically evident. Running backs are easier to replace. That's true. So in terms of moving the the needle, specifics of this Chiefs situation have have been very different, and I think like their their, their way of going about the cornerback yeah, position the, has been the, has been shown to be excellent for them. But yeah, that's the not the circumstances are a little different because the Chiefs just want to be different from everybody else, which has been to their benefit. But but yeah, yeah absolutely. By and large, it it is. I, I see I see both points. I love you both. <laughs> I just feel like the Chiefs have the upper hand for Seth here. Weirdly, because Damian Williams isn't around, and we saw what Darrell Williams well, did yesterday, yeah. kids, it, it won't, it and wasn't that's, great. It, um, uh, that's an entire. And, 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 and did anybody see Darwin Thompson last night? Darwin, <laughs> think, no. Where I are you? Sure did not. And Darwin, oh, um, no, that was no, 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 no. What happened to Darwin Thompson was natural selection. Uh, Darwin, <laughs> Darwin got bit by it that time. I, I, so, if you fumble the football in Andy Reid's offense, you you yeah, don't it's play over. the next game. But you just don't. I, I actually just wanted to pop in though to let you. You know, Josh, my expectation is I'm going to be totally 100% on your side after d- writing this article. I think I'm going to, I mean, not in terms of like the, the draft pick, but in terms of like running the ball on certain downs and that sort of thing, because yeah. that's something you and I have talked yeah. about a ton. It's like, yeah, and they did do it more. I know. I, so I'm going to go through every drive. I'm so curious. I'm so excited. Hopefully, I did not make this a total nightmare for Danielle. I'm recording myself right now, Danielle. That's Woo-hoo! all I was going to ask. Is just make sure Woo-hoo! you're recording, otherwise, this, right. this whole section gets disappeared. One, one quick, one quick point on what Seth will look at, and I'm wondering if this will also hold up true because in the middle of the game, and I kind of rewound this uh, just so I can get a look, um, because the Patriots are so good on defense, like schematically, obviously, Bill Belichick. They gave similar, and, and Patrick Mahomes said this after the game. They gave a similar two deep safety look, similar to what the Texans did, right? Mm-hmm. 
the difference was they had like six DBs on mm-hmm. the field. Mm-hmm. So if it's six DBs with two deep safeties on first down, it's clear that the play call for Patrick Mahomes was to be, if we get this look, we check it down, or the word that he uses on the field is mm-hmm. kill. We kill, kill the first yep. play, we go to the second play. The problem with that is, based on tendencies of the first three games, Bill Belichick had told his players, if the if the Chiefs kill a certain play yes. with a certain look on a two-deep safety, mm. with you know, even with six DBs on the field, mm-hmm. guys, it's a running play. And most notably, it's a stretch running play. Yeah, And that's exactly what happened, I think, on two snaps, where Patrick goes kill, kill on first yep. down. I don't like the look from a passing option, so now we're going to hand the ball to Clyde. But the defense has now been keyed based on the information that Patrick is giving everybody because we're in mostly an empty stadium, mm-hmm. y'all. And so he hands the ball off, and they're already at a disadvantage because the defense knows we tricked you into going from one play to the next, and we're ready for the second play just as much as we were the first play. And that's the brilliance of Bill Belichick. And again, the Texans were not as sophisticated in the first game, but they also didn't have the personnel and the players to execute it at a higher level Mm. comparably to what the Texans did and what the Patriots did. But it's just something that I think Seth should look at um, with the understanding that like, I rewound it and was like, actually, what needs to happen next week is if you get a similar look, you kill it, but you keep the original play, which is probably you're, you're going to see that they're uh. going to kill it into different passing looks. It's going to be totally that is such I, I just wrote the word kill on a big notebook, which means when my boss comes in here to talk to me about in custody, he's going to be like, uh, <laughs> Seth, what the, the stress getting to you? I wanted to pop in. That was it. Just to tell you guys that that was the name of my article because I'm so curious. So basically what's going to happen here is either I'm going to be able to confirm everyone's narrative, which is kind of what I'm hoping because it's my narrative, or I'm going to have a bunch of people really (laughs) mad at me and I'm here for it. I got to go put some people in jail. So that's it. I just think you guys are the best. Now I'm going to pop out of here and send this recording to Danielle and maybe this all gets deleted. It'll be like the the podcast rapture now or the podcast natural selection. I also want to know why Clyde only got three targets. I know you've already written about him getting more quality targets, but I was absolutely floored by him going three for twenty-seven. Receiving. I'm gonna look at, I'll look I at don't, his routes. That's a really good idea. He had he had as he had as many targets as Dion Yelder, Daryl Williams, and Nick Kaiser combined. They each had one. Clyde had three. I don't get it. Because like of all the places that I'm like here for Clyde in this offense, it's him catching the ball out of the backfield, which they did a lot against the Patriots in years past, and they didn't do it last night. And I'm confused. Anyway. I think I feel like I got to give Seth some work. <laughs> I think he did. I think he's gone. I think he's actually. I think he's finally gone. He always knew he had the upper hand because he could just he could just vanish. He could just leave. Yeah, we don't have that luxury of just being able to leave. Unbelievable. Uh, the one uh, now that we're on the offense, there was something else I wanted to talk. I can't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. But now that we're on the offense, like you yeah. know, Seth mentions that being a, a predominant narrative. Um, I mean, they. Here's here's where I'm going to go ahead and just make a couple of statements and then we can evaluate along with Seth whenever that piece comes out. They ran the ball unsuccessfully on first and second down a good number of times. Not a ton. Yes. Clyde had 16 carries. I'm not saying they did it 20 times. Right. But there were there were a number of times where they, they ran, and I'm going to use some aggregate stats. But, like, they ran the ball on first and second down to the tune of uh, negative, one, uh, negative .19 EPA per play. Their, their success rate was 40% when they ran the ball in early downs. Um, so obviously less than half of the time. Their, their success rate was uh, about 60% when they threw the ball on early downs. 
their their overall rushing attack a little bit on it was a negative 0.07 EPA per play 0.09 EPA per play positive whenever they threw the ball over the course of the game and I think that you're a hundred percent right about like what the Patriots were doing Romo also pointed out there was one point during the game where, where this is something else I, I I wonder if Seth will try to tackle that you know the, there was a little bit of, of uh, you know oh the Chiefs have gone like vanilla again and and Romo made the point of like well look I mean this is a play designed to take a shot the Patriots covered it well and so yep. it ended up looking like a little safe kind of throwaway play so I don't want to dive a hundred percent into you know what I also on uh, the box score that I just read you. It says Chiefs and Patriots, but then it gives me um, Saints and Dolphins players underneath. So allow me to check my... I'm not sure what's happening here in terms of uh, Ben Baldwin's EPA per play box score. I'm refreshing again. Those numbers checked out for me, but I don't know what's... Now I'm a little bit confused and a little bit concerned. I'll have to double check that. Um, It was worse. It was worse for the running game than I just said it was. Sorry, everybody. Their success rate was a little under 40. Pass rate was about 50 on early downs. Running the ball, negative 0.12 EPA per play. Passing it, positive 0.2 per play. Um, it hadn't refreshed from Seahawks Dolphins. I guess. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Not Ben's fault. Probably my fault. Um, <laughs> they were not effective running the ball either on early downs or particularly on, on late downs. And uh, they're better than they're throwing the ball, even with the Patriots defense giving them some difficult looks through the air. The... The thing that um, will always sort of get the Chiefs in a funk is um, games where you're expected to torch people. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there, there, there is a theme now to this. Um, when you have the Chiefs at their full attention, when ESPN says "Who you got, Chiefs Ravens," <laughs> and then somebody runs to the Chiefs locker room and says, "Hold up, fellas, hold up!" Before kickoff. They didn't pick any of y'all to win. <laughs> like, none of them mm-hmm. picked you. Like, when you have their full attention, they will score 30. Problem is, because of human nature, and because this is a COVID year, and because, like, hey, um, this is really just a 16-game preseason before the real season starts. You're just not yeah. going to get them at their best. And... Thankfully, the Patriots are also part of this equation because, again, they're better than the Texans. And some people did acknowledge this on Twitter that um, in one of the rare times I was just as good of a coach as Bill Belichick was last week. Where it's just like, <laughs> hey, kids, um, you double-team Kelsey, make his life miserable. Yep. Um, yep. We're going to bracket Tyreek Hill, but look, he going to get his yards. We don't care about him. We really care about Kelsey mm-hmm. because as my buddy – Josh Briscoe understands they established the Kelsey. That's the key to the offense. Like, yes, there's a, there's a spectacularness of Tyreek Hill, but let that dude do what he do. Um, and hey, when set when anybody has a football near you, gentlemen, you gotta punch it out. You gotta punch it out. It's the one thing Matt Patricia has done well as a head coach. Um, yep. So we're not gonna get an interception, guys, but we gotta get fumbles, and we gotta we gotta fall on them quickly, and we gotta play Ben don't break, and we gotta just again, is Travis Kelsey on the sidelines? Hell, hit him anyway. Like we just gotta right. <laughs> we just gotta be physical as all hell, and we gotta show a different look, which is like more DBs and linebackers, but that's cool because we got those players. 
um, I'm great at this. I'm Bill Belichick. Hell, I listened to Nate Taylor on Times Arts, and I was like, <laughs> how does he know what, what we're doing already? Um, which I want to tell Eric Bieniemy, how did you not know what they were doing already? But anyway, True. like, the fun part of all this is you're going to get different looks. Teams are going to play really well against you. They want to prove themselves, I don't know, against the best offense in the league. Hey, dudes got contract years. If you could put the Chiefs in your highlight tape, you might get paid this all season, man. So all these things are going to be against them, and the Chiefs just, they're going to be like five games. If you're listening, Buffalo, get mm-hmm. ready. Get, get, get ready. Because the Chiefs have dominated the Raiders to where I'm not even sure they're going to get up for Raiders Chiefs. Um, But if if the Bills are undefeated and it's on Thursday night, and everybody's picking the Bills because, hey, short week, Thursday night, let's make Josh Allen our MVP candidate. You will get the full attention of this Chiefs offense. But until then, yep. hey, we're just going to, like, you know, do some things. Andrew Reid's going to still have some really cool jet sweep actions. He's still going to find a way to get the ball to Tyreek Hill. Hell, there was one really good snap from Travis Kelsey, which kind of jump-started the offense, mm-hmm. you know, because, again, Josh understands you, you established the Kelsey. God, that is that above all else. Um. So the point is the 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 Ravens are good, but they don't have the same personnel as the Patriots, which makes the Patriots mm-hmm. a better matchup for the Chiefs. Problem is, the Raiders can't do either one of those two things. <laughs> right, defense. that's right. And so that's right. It, it it could be better next week. That's all I'm saying. The Bills have a secondary to do yeah. similar things of the Patriots. That will be fun to watch when the Chiefs give their full operational Death Star attention to the Bills. So, like, I'm trying to give you the game plan. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to forge the future for you as best I can with the information I have. But, like, hey, the the Patriots are fine. They're really good. It'll be a fun matchup in January if we get it. But, like, Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, had no turnovers, who, by the way, um, he kind of got lucky. But, he still didn't have a turnover. Well, who gets... Who finally got the star treatment of a Raiders Super Bowl MVP quarterback? Yeah, that's true. No kidding. Said that he had a terrible game. Hello, did you look on the other side of the field? I mean, Brian Hoyer had a terrible game. Patrick. That's that's true. So if that's the case, they can only get better from here, which is again terrifying. Terrifying. So I think if I was going, if I didn't watch any other Chiefs games and I heard what you just said. So I'm not I'm couching this by saying this isn't a question that I believe to be important at the moment, but something I do want to at least like touch on. You say, hey, you know, th- this is not their full attention in this game and it worked out. Like everything was fine and it's Yeah. My 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 question would be, and may have even been at some point last year or in twenty eighteen or whatever, but my question would be, okay, do we know that they can turn it all the way on all at once? We watched them do it against the Ravens for the mm-hmm. most part. Like, I'm not actually necessarily questioning that. The The one thing that I do think holds in a, a conversation, if, I, if I'm trying to play the role of being like, uh, I, 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 I've said this in a few places now. I'm stealing it from another podcast that I've listened to. It's not a sports podcast, so it's fine. Um, but the, <laughs> the, fra- the phrase is, worry about everything, panic about nothing. And that's sort of me as a person most of the time, and it certainly works here for me. Worry about everything, panic about nothing. I think Andy Reid's probably doing some of that also, of like, anything that's not perfect, I'm going to pay attention to, but I'm not going to freak out about it. The one thing from this game that I do think blips on my radar is the fact that the Patriots essentially, like, dropped 
maybe three picks or, or yeah. I guess it could be three, maybe four. If you're counting the one that the refs dropped for them, because they got <laughs> like, listen, I know chiefs fans. I know unanimously the response is Tom Brady got that call for 20 years. I don't care. Right, right, I, right. I get it. I understand. I'm not telling you, you can't feel that way. I'm telling you, you got a gift there. That, that was a crummy call with it all was, of that it, out there though. Like, it was Marcus Mariota 2017. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. His, yeah. his progress had stopped. And it's like, wait, yes. what? <laughs> and, and so, I mean, like, while while Mahomes ends up with, you know, averaging uh, 0.2 e- uh, expected points added per play, which means he's adding a point every five plays, which is still quite good. Um, wh- while you're, you know, understanding that, that Mahomes' final numbers and overall their output was all still pretty solid, it could have been much worse. There were actual mistakes by him, by the offense in general, that could have bitten them. Again, it didn't. I'm not panicking by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I have to notice it. I, I have to say, you know what? That's something that I, we just don't see from this offense very often, and they got a number of breaks defensively where Julian Edelman puts a ball on a tee for Tyron Matthew, where where Brian Hoyer gives up, a few, like I think, yeah. six points just voluntarily. Jarrett Stidham tries to do a little too much, a little too late. This like this game could have gone very, very differently. This, this was a, a losable game if the Chiefs weren't by far the luckier team here. I think that I think we at least have to note that. You know what I mean? I, I think it, I think you can you can play both parts honestly. You can say all of that, and I can't disagree with you. I could also say the moment Patrick Mahomes throws an interception, guess what happens, kids? He starts going nuclear again. So totally fair, absolutely. So it, you could you could say it both ways. Like if that fumble occurs, or if like a fumble interception, whatever you want to call it. Like if that mm-hmm. happens, and say the mm-hmm. Patriots get a touchdown. Um, guess who's in everybody's you know what? His name is Eric Bieniemy. Guess who goes right. out there and starts establishing the Kelsey, Patrick right. Mahomes. Guess who starts blocking better? The offensive line. Like uh, these guys are human. I I, mm-hmm. I think that's that is one of the biggest things that I did not realize I was going to have to say a lot this year. Um, yep. in light of even the pandemic, but these dudes are so human, and um, I know they say in the NBA you never want a team that like feels like they have to turn on the the, the switch, but like. They can do it and get away with it. And it's it, that's even impressive in and of itself. Um, so, hey, maybe the rivalry of Chiefs Raiders will get them going. Maybe because they felt like they were sort of embarrassing for three quarters yesterday. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll play better against a division rival. But, hey, division rival games can, can be closer than usual because both teams know each other really well. Um, but you're right. I mean, Josh, they... There could have been just as many turnovers on both teams. Yeah, <laughs> even, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. In an even more like, what the hell is this <laughs> Monday night football game? Uh, I, I still think if Cam Newton is fully healthy, if this game is played at Sunday on 325 Central Time, if Patrick Mahomes even has two turnovers, if Sammy Watkins continues to fumble when teams are aware, I mean the smart teams, that you can punch the football out as he tries to make a guy miss, I still think they win the game, which is like also one of the biggest signs of respect. It's like, hey, they won by 16. They also could have won by 16 on Sunday, given perfect scenarios as well. I I, I don't know. Look, the winning streak will end at some point. Like, again, because these guys are human. In, um, they, in, like, they won in, like 20, in late 2021, like week four. 
<laughs> like they won 13 straight games. I mean, I think I think Chiefs fans are getting greedy. They have every right to be. They have every, they have every right to be like I expect domination and perfection, as if this is Alabama football all of a sudden. But right, you know, they're they're human. They're going to lose at some point, but they're winning ways. Um, that, that signal that you're a great football team, which is like, we can be straight trash on one mm-hmm. side of the ball for 25 minutes and be like, all right, cool. I guess we'll still win by double digits against a team that was really well coached, had a mishap at quarterback, but that's not the chief's fault. So, um, they, they're, they're going to be better next week. I remember Tyreek Hill saying after the Chargers game, oh, we will be better. And it was like, okay, all right. I mean, what? Kent, all right. Well, I guess we'll see. And then they, and then they just took the soul of the Ravens. So, again, Bills fans, we love y'all. One of the funnest stories of the year. I, I just, again, I can't wait when a fully focused Death Star operational Patrick Mahomes is just, is just. I mean, he was perfect against the Ravens, and I have no yes. reason to disbelieve he could be perfect against the Bills too. Can I give you – this is the thing I was going to do before uh, Seth showed up like Batman and then disappeared <laughs> like Batman. Uh, can I give you uh, some Josh Allen stats really quick? Please, we totally let's go. On? Before we get to the Bill O'Brien section. Yes, yes. Before we go from Bills to Bill, yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, in, in, I'm just going to give you like 2018, 2019, 2020 stats in one column so far. So let's go completion percentage, okay? 52.8 in his rookie season. 58.8 last year. This year, 70.9 through how? four games. How, God? Now, now how? listen. How, Sway? I think, I think, how, Sway? Tell him, Sway. <laughs> I, think, I think we have smart listeners listening to this show who probably instinctively go, well, he's probably taken a lot more of the safe stuff. He's probably uh, maturing in that way as a quarterback. Well, let's look at yards per attempt. 6.5, 6. 6.7, 9.0? <laughs> I mean, if this well, is the well, greatest. Well, listen. That listen, Nate. Hold on, hold on, hold on, because that could just that could be Stefan Diggs. He's got a new weapon that, now. That was that was about to my point. The greatest catch. endorsement of Stefan Diggs. Well, you so you can say that you know maybe yards after the catch. It's really just been him taking more checkdowns and up in his completion percent. How about air yards per attempt? Would you be interested in air yards per attempt? Give it to hold me. Hold on, I gotta find it. I lost it again. I got so excited, I lost it. <laughs> hold on, adjust knots, knots, net yards. What happened to my air yards? I've lost it completely. Damn it. But it's really advanced, good. Advanced, hold on. Adjusted, pa- no, not adjusted passing. Advanced, right. Re- Go ahead and say a thing about Stefan Diggs. Look, Stefan Diggs is really good, and it's also a great indictment on Kirk Cousins. I mean, oh my look, God, I've yes. never loved Kirk Cousins. I'll be straight to Kirk Cousins' face. Sir, I do not love the way you play football. Um, I do not either. Particularly in big games. I mean, let's be real. The, the, the 49ers got to the NFC Championship in the easiest way possible. They played Kirk Cousins in a big game. Um, and the other reason Kirk Cousins won a playoff game was because he played the Saints, who, by the way, are somehow cursed in playoff games of late. No anyway, shit. man, Stephon thought- Dix is so good. All right, I found my stats. So here's the thing. His, his actual, like, intended air yards uh, per, completion, uh, per pass attempt have actually gone down this year. You might say, ah, yes, he's getting scurred. This is all happening on dinks and dunks. <laughs> How about completed air yards per completion? 6.7, 6.5, 7.4. He's actually completing the ball farther downfield also. Not I'm often. Just, 
that offensive what? line is really good. Oh, but that's but, also true. But but I mean, everything's great around Josh Allen, which makes Josh Allen incredibly, unpredictably great. I mean, just oh, yeah, I, I love just, him. Like, look, look, I'm here for it. Um, I I wasn't thrilled that the Chiefs had another night game, but like, cool, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, <laughs> but I was thrilled that I got to watch Josh Allen for three hours, where the man is up. The coaching staff has to tell him, "Hey, man, we're up double digits." Um, if it ain't there, throw it away. Throw it away, jo- Josh. Throw it away. And he takes these ridiculous sacks where he's like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm bigger than this defensive end, sir." What? <laughs> like what? Oh, um, he's he's. This is not air yards, but yards gained per pass attempt: six point five, six point seven, nine point zero. Nine point zero. He's throwing touchdowns on eight percent of his passes. The man is have he's having statistics similar to Patrick Mahomes in 2018. Yes, yes, he really is. <laughs> I do not envy Bills fans because I do think this beautiful, this beautiful. Uh, who flew too close to the sun? What was I? What was the? Which one was that? <laughs> Hold on. Who flew too close to the sun? Uh, Icarus. Icarus yes. flew too close to the sun. I think Icarus is going to have his wings melt a little bit at some point, just a little bit, but goodness, I'm going to enjoy it while he's still up there soaring up against that big, beautiful star. And hey, let's let's build the hype train again. Let's get the Tennessee Titans healthy as possible. Let's get them against the Bills. Let's have Josh Allen torch them, and let's oh, really, yeah. let's put this thing into turbo, into Fast and Furious, we on a runway that ain't never going to end with Josh Allen. Like, let's just do it, man. Let's make Josh Allen a football god for four days <laughs> before they play the Chiefs. I have a theme song for uh, for this section of the podcast. <clears throat> oh, yes. Oh! Bill O'Brien... You gave us so much. You gave us so much. Our hearts will go on forever. Deshaun Watson's might not. J.J. Watt. Did you see what J.J. Watt tweeted? (laughs) I'll never think of another man with glasses on top of his head the way I think of Bill O'Brien. Oh, J.J. Watt, free this man. From so, the I think we're probably pretty close soul. to 30 seconds, so that's I'm turning that off now. J.J. Uh, Watt tweeted, while this podcast was recording today, a picture of whatever their field is called at Houston, the, the uh, NRG Stadium. The yes. roof is open. He is standing in the end zone. He just took a picture of the open roof empty stadium with the sun shining through the open roof in a way that, like, with no caption or anything, he just tweeted out the picture. And man, it looks like he's tweeting about this bright, sunny, shining it's day. A new day. The Houston it's a Texans new day. Play. It's a new day. Oh. I I wonder so much what's going on in that locker room. And here's the thing. More than anything else, here's the thing. Now listen. Are we glad that a man lost his gainful employment in the midst of a pandemic? Absolutely not. Is Bill O'Brien a man who has redeeming qualities in some places of his life? Absolutely. Is he? Do we know if he's a father? It doesn't matter. Is he married? Probably. <laughs> Is he a wonderful husband, father, man, son, brother, all of those things? Almost certainly. If he is those things, I'm sure he's great at it. Yep. Did he get all the power in the Texans organization and then say, I'm going to do a couple of things? 
I'm going to trade away Deshaun Watson's best weapon. Yep. I'm going to bring in a running back that nobody thinks really has any juice left. Yep. And uh, also we're going to run a fake punt against the Chiefs. And I'm going to get fired after four games. Woo, fadoof. My I goodness. Mean, there, oh. are, there are trades that this general manager made that the game known as Madden said, you cannot make that trade because it's not right. competitively savvy. Um, right. I, I just... The last time I gave you guys a Bill O'Brien story, I was in Kilroy's in downtown Indianapolis. It was the week of the combine. It was the last great travel I had before this pandemic started. (laughs) And God bless Bill O'Brien. Stay true to form. Them glasses were on the top of his head as he was drinking (laughs) Bud Light, as I remember, um, with some of his coaching brethren, most notably Doug Peterson and Mike Vrabel. Um, to I which I that. told some... I would love to hang out with the three of them for just like an hour. To which I told a couple of my peers in the sports reporting, sports writing industry, one of these people does not belong in this conversation. And we <laughs> all know who that one person is. I threw slander at this man in an honorable manner for months. Um, it gives me football pleasure that... On Andy Reid's, who the podcast is named after, on his way to a Super Bowl championship, he uh-huh. changed the trajectory of Bill O'Brien's life as a football mm-hmm. coach. Um, mm-hmm. He was down 24 points and scored 51. Um, all of this is to say, Romeo Cornell stepped down after... Yes. He stepped down after a playoff collapse of defensive epic proportions to become a senior advisor only to become the head coach four weeks into the season. What? We're getting a full year from Romeo, baby. Oh, just. Who was it that had a little groin? Somebody had a little groin. He gave him caduz. You got to give him caduz. Oh, I love Romeo. I genuinely love Romeo Cornell. This is excellent. I'm, I'm, that. That's the best part of this whole thing, I think, is that we're getting Romeo Cornell. Is he also the GM? Who's making GM decisions? <laughs> Who's making decisions? Who knows? They're four, they played four. Here's the thing. And this is also when I was out on, on Bill O'Brien. I was out on Bill O'Brien more quickly than they were out on Bill O'Brien this year. Because that man started Tom Savage for 30 <laughs> minutes after a full off season. They had a full off season. Tom oh, Savage versus this. rookie Deshaun Watson. Oh. Those two dudes faced off during a training camp. Tom Savage came in and played really poorly for 30 minutes. And then Bill O'Brien said, you know what? Now we're going to go with Deshaun. Listen, sir, you saw all of the offseason. <laughs> what about 30 minutes of Tom Savage made you believe, you know what? It's time for a change. The, the, the Bears did it whatever it was, two and a half games into the season, going from Trubisky to Foles, at the very least, those two dudes had, like, plenty of tape on each, on them, and I don't know, you make your decision in week four, I feel like you probably should have made it sooner. Here's the thing with the Texans, though, now. The Texans got four weeks into this season and went, now, nah, you know what, we're good on this dude that is both our head coach and GM. If you would have fired this man after he lost to the Chiefs, which you could have done because you did it four games later, if you would have fired him then, you not only would have had Deshaun Watson throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, you could have had Eric Bieniemy drawn up the plays for those two. I mean, just bungled every step of the way. Look, I'm gonna say something that might be somewhat controversial. 
Lord, don't you put that on there, the enemy. Don't, don't you put mm-hmm. that on that man. I know. I there are two teams who you don't have yours. the shot. You who, pitch yours, I'll pitch mine. We've got we've got our Eric Bieniemy destinations. I think we have two separate ones. Don't 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 put this on this man. Look, guys, don't put him in Houston. They don't they have first round it. picks. Look, they, they don't got no have picks. they don't have top skill position players next to Deshaun Watson. No, I hate to say this, Deshaun Watson might be Warren Moon two point Okay, I Ooh. I just I I. Don't you put that on Eric Bieniemy. Oh. Don't you put him in a situation to fail, despite having a truly great quarterback amidst some dudes. Um, Lord, I've said it for a year now. There's a team in Detroit, a team that needs a shakeup. Dan Orlovsky, who I really have a lot of respect for. The last time the the Lions were anything relevant. They had Jim Caldwell. Let's let's get back to a tougher, more disciplined, more emotionally resilient Lions team led mm-hmm. by Eric Bieniemy. Because the Lions on Sunday went up two scores against the yeah. Saints yeah. and then crumbled like a cookie. Um, yeah. so. That's where I think Eric Benemy will go. That is what I've predicted. I will stay with that prediction. Sorry, Matt Patricia. And then if if that can't work, Lord, there's a team with Julio Jones. Send this man to Atlanta. Calvin Ridley. Yes. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Yeah. Hell, I, I, re, I revamped Todd Gurley. I like, think Eric Benemy would love to work with Todd Gurley. Yes, just, Lord. Just, 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 if it can't be Detroit, Lord, please be Atlanta. I hope it's Atlanta. I'm rooting for Atlanta because I just like I, Matt Ryan's probably like sneaky old. I'm gonna Google Matt Ryan right now, and I'm about to find out that that dude's like 37. He's 35. <laughs> I think I think you get here's what you do. Here's what you do. You give you give Eric Bieniemy one year of the roster looking pretty much like it does right now. You, maybe you try to work on that defense a little bit, but you work, you give him you give him this team. All right. You talk about needing to be a little more resilient. Maybe a team that's not as uh, big into giving up huge leads. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's Dan Quinn's fault, but it sure can't not be Dan Quinn's fault <laughs> at this point. Somebody's got to eat it, and it's not anybody else's fault more clearly than I can tell. Send him to Atlanta. Give him a professional adult quarterback yes. with some great weapons that are going to keep him looking young. You got a running back there, back there. You can hand the ball to if you want to get a few yards here and there. I'm good with all of that. Give him a couple years of Matt Ryan. Let let Eric Bieniemy pick his quarterback. You're gonna draft a guy, you know. Get, do the whole Mahomes thing. Trade up from 25 or whatever to 10. Let him pick his guy. He gets a third year behind Matt Ryan there, and then now all of a sudden you're moving on to your next young thing. The Falcons are back in the Super Bowl, losing games to the Chiefs in, in horrible fashion. You know, you know what? No, in respectable fashion. In respectable, in respectable fashion. A non-memeable fashion. I hope Eric Bieniemy ends up in Atlanta. Yeah, I, hey, Airbnb's agent. Also, that division is like a is like a little sus right now. Yeah, it's a little hey, suspect. You could you could change that division around in two years. Tom Brady, yeah. as we all know, he gotta fall back at some point. And Drew Brees mm-hmm. is in the midst of falling back. Oh, um, mm-hmm. so hey, th- it's a division to be won. Oh, um, Airbnb's agent, don't pick up that phone from McNair. Don't, don't, nope, no, no, don't do it. it. Don't no. do it. I I know that I am breaking all professional ethical reporting codes right now don't you dare pick up that phone Mm-mm. nope if they call twice send them straight to voicemail there are bigger things on the horizon name the detroit lions and the atlanta falcons oh it's better 
It's just better. Maybe that maybe you can go to Atlanta and then trade for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> hey, if they don't have a GM, you might sneak one past them. Yeah, so that's you know that's a great point. Just say hey Deshaun, you're the GM now. Trade yourself to Atlanta. I bet he would do it. Uh, that's it. That's the podcast. Chiefs are four and zero. They're the first team to go four and zero, and I think four consecutive seasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything is good, even though that game was super duper weird. We will do another show, uh, presumably, hopefully, with the whole band back together on uh, I don't know Thursday or Friday ahead of the Raiders game. And I imagine we're all gonna head into that game, and be like, yeah, no, this one also shouldn't be that close. And then something weird will happen, and the Chiefs only play weird games. Bada bing, bada boom, times ours. There you go. There's the formula. Uh, you can read Nate's article up on the Athletic right now. Uh, about the defense right after the game. Another one coming up very soon. Seth's got some stuff coming by. You can check him out in the Chief of the North newsletter as well. Uh, at uh, by Nate Taylor, at Real MN Chiefs fan, at JB Briscoe. You can go to theathletic.com slash timesars to get a month uh, for, of, of The Athletic for a dollar. Theathletic.com slash timesars. Nate, uh, I don't, you want the music again? I don't know. We might be leaving Fair Use Town. I can just sort of sing it in the background. You tell me oh, what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, you, you sing it in the background while I, while I eulogize, you know, Bill O'Brien's tenure with the, with the Texans. <clears throat> At one point, he was considered to be the next great coach of the Bill Belichick tree. He even got out of Penn State somehow. And at the same time, he was given a truly generational quarterback. But as many narrators say, it did not go the way they thought it would go. The Bill O'Brien story, 2020.